This is the First Emmanuel Lutheran Church podcast. For more information about us, who we are, and how to get connected, check us out online at filministries.org. Today's message is delivered by Pastor Randy Roche. It was 1992. The movie was A Few Good Men. You probably know where I'm going with this, right? The iconic scene, Tom Cruise versus Jack Nicholson. And Tom Cruise, he wants it, doesn't he? What is it you want, he's asked. And he says, I want the truth. And Jack Nicholson says, Yeah. Man, that was 30 years ago. How many of you can recite a line from any of my sermons from 30 years ago? Or 30 days ago? I'll get over it. Have you noticed that most people, maybe I'll put it this way, that every single one of us, somewhere along the line, can't handle the truth? A parent walks into a room with screaming children and says to the eight-year-old, did you take that toy off of your sister? And the eight-year-old can't handle the truth. And you're on your way to work. And you're always early, but today, I don't know, for some reason you got started late. You hit the accelerator just a little bit harder. You look in your rearview mirror and it's cherries and berries. You pull over and then that nice polite officer stands by your open window and peers in and says, Do you know why I pulled you over? Oh, you do, but you can't handle the truth. Today, because our culture has a hard time handling the real basic truths, we've developed something called relative truth. Have you ever noticed that? We've done away with absolute truths. Instead now, truth is relative. We can make something true anytime we want. So for instance, it's a young man who's cheating on a math test and the teacher catches him looking at someone else's paper and comes up and says, do you know that cheating is wrong? And he says, I do. However, I had to stay up late last night and play basketball for this school and I didn't have time to study. So I think this time it should have been okay for me to get a little help. See how truth can become rather relative. We can move it, we can twist it, we can bend it, we can alter it to fit our situation, our needs at this particular time. So what's true for you may not be true for me, what's true for me may not be true for you, but that's okay because we can all develop our own truth. That can be dangerous though, can it? A red light at a traffic signal means stop for a lot of people. News stories are twisted just a little bit to fit the narrative of the political perspective. I was uh, on vacation chatting with some people really about the whole COVID thing. And it was interesting. I just sat and I listened to the conversations. Masks, do they work or don't they? And people began to cite different studies. Social distancing, does it work or doesn't it? 
The vaccine, is it safe or isn't it? The variants, are they dangerous or are they not? All we want is the truth. We want to talk about truth today. Not about COVID or traffic signals or kids taking toys from one another or getting stopped by the police. I want to talk about basic truths. These, and these are basic truths that if we embrace them, if we live by these, we're going to have an enhanced life. So let's look at some of them. If you took a sermon outline, I listed them there for you. And the first truth that we really need to embrace is that God's word is absolute truth. Absolute truth. So one of the core values that we stated for First Emmanuel Lutheran is this, that we believe that the inspired, inerrant word of God is the sole source and authority for life and for living. That's what we're based on. That's the very first of our core values because everything else is dependent on that foundation. Um, if you ever had a, a theological conversation with someone, or if you had a conversation about how to live life and morals and values, um, I usually do this. If I'm having a conversation with someone, I'll usually ask them, so what do you think about the Bible? And I'll let them know right away. I think that the Bible is really God's Word, that He inspired it, that it's inerrant, and that it's the absolute truth. And so, if we have a discussion, I'm probably going to go back uh, to the scriptures in, in our discussion. And if someone says, oh man, that's good because that's where I am too, I know we're going to have a real good, healthy discussion. But if someone says, well, I don't know, the Bible, I don't really think it's God's word, or I think everyone gets to interpret it the way they want to interpret it to help them in their spiritual journey, or I think maybe that it's not inerrant, there might be some problems with it, then I know we're going to have a more difficult time in our conversation. It would be like you saying to someone, I need to dress appropriately for the weather, what's the temperature? And they give you the temperature in Celsius. But you live in Fahrenheit. Or carrying on a conversation when you speak English and someone else speaks Portuguese. Or doing a math project in base 10 when someone else is in base 8. Some years ago, the United States partnered with the European Space Agency and they sent a probe to a Mars and as it was coming uh, in, into the Martian atmosphere, uh, it disappeared. It disintegrated. It burned up. They couldn't figure out why until they figured out in the United States, we were using standard measurements. The Europeans were using metric those are some smart people. A lot of money burned up. So here it is. If we're going to be talking about life and, and, and we're using scripture and someone else is using something other, it, it, there's a bit of a challenge. But this is why some people will say, you know, I read the Bible and I don't know if I want to believe in a God who says that he's the only way to heaven. Or I don't want to believe in a God who says I have to live a certain way. See, the truth is this, you cannot create God in your image. He, he even told us about that. He said, you know what, my ways aren't your ways and your thoughts aren't my thoughts. So, someone after church said to me, you know what, it, this is how it works. 
if there is a discussion and God and I differ, God is always right. And he said, it's the same way with my wife. I said, that's good living, pal. I'm going to remember that one. Embroider that on a pillow. God's word is absolute truth. And God introduces himself to us in his word. And he tells us that he's the only God that there is. There's only one God. You know, we live in a nation that gives us the freedom of, of First Amendment, freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom of religion, freedom to worship whatever it is we want to worship. Isn't that kind of neat? In our, in our country, you can believe whatever you want to believe. Here's the problem. Just because you believe something, that doesn't make it true. I could believe that I could win a gold medal in the 100-meter dash in the Olympics this year. I could believe that. But when I'm timed at the 100-meter dash at 24 and a half seconds, I'm not going to win anything. I can believe that I can fly, and if I jump out a four-story window, the truth and the sidewalk are going to hit me right in the face. Just because we believe something does not make it true. So the reason you and I are Christians is not because we were raised in a Christian home. The reason we're Christians is not just because we believe the tenets of Christianity. We're Christians because Christianity is true. That's why we're Christians. We believe this one true God. A few years ago when I was teaching uh, confirmation, it was a Wednesday evening class. The public school kids come on Wednesday evening. And the one kid said, hey, we were discussing religion in, in our public school class. I said, really, how did that go? He said, it was, it was really good. He said, our, our, our teacher said, there is only one God. I said, oh, I like this guy. This is going in a great place. I said, hey, that's really cool. Tell me more. What else happened? And he said, there's only one God, but some people call him Buddha. Some people call him Confucius. Some people call him Allah. Some people call him Jesus. And I thought, oh, he's no longer my hero. Now we got to get back to basics. There is only one God, the triune God, the God who created all things. There's a truth. God created all things. This is a tough one for our culture. Because, boy, I hear a lot of evolution stuff. Uh, I just spent a week with my grandchildren with a, a couple of five-year-olds and a seven-year-old. And um, if, if you ever spend a week with your grandchildren, you find that your television viewing habits are altered drastically. We watched a science show. It was pretty cool. They did all kinds of experiments and they talked about the world being billions of years old. It's like, oh man, here we go again. They talked about the Big Bang. This God who created all things is the God who has brought life out of nothing. Do I believe in the Big Bang? I, say, I believe in a different Big Bang. I believe God said, let there be light. Bang, there was light. I hear some scientists now are talking about intelligent design. You know, and they, they will say, you know, when you really think about it, how could all of this just happen by random chance? It couldn't. There must have been an intelligent designer 
And I said, there was. I know who he is. It's the triune God. I can, I can give you his whole account of creation, Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. There it is. We know who this God is. And I think a lot of people don't want to proclaim that there is a God because when you do, then you're responsible and accountable to this God. Then you have to live under this God. Some people just don't want to do that. Because the truth is this, friends. We are called to walk in God's way. When you have a God, you are called to follow that God. Jesus, Jesus said that, didn't he? He began his earthly ministry. He says to these fishermen, hey, come on, drop your nets, follow me. And then he sees this tax collector. He says, get out of the booth and come follow me. And it doesn't mean just tag along and watch what I do. It means be connected to me, be joined to me. Be like me. That's tough for us. Because we like to be like ourselves. Sinful people. We, we, tr we, try, we try to love the Lord, but we seem to get in the way. We try to love others, and we try to love them before we love ourselves, but others begin to slide down the pecking order, and we move ourselves up. But God calls us to love like he loves. To live as he intended life to be lived. And there's a lot of people who don't want to follow God because maybe he defines marriage as one man and one woman in a lifelong companionship. Or maybe because he says that life begins at conception. Maybe because he says all life is important. Or maybe because he says you can't have other gods. Or maybe because he says you've got to love everybody, even the unlovables. We struggle with that, don't we? Truth be told, we are not perfect. That's a big truth. Not one of us is perfect. And again, we try to love the Lord, we try to love our neighbor, and we fail. And the truth is we're sinful. Sin moves us to love ourselves. And here's the hardest truth to handle. The wages of sin is death. Physical death, yes. Spiritual death, yes. But eternal death as well. Hell. That's what it is. And that's hard to hear. I, I remember talking to one young lady and she said, I found the perfect church. They don't talk about sin or hell. We don't like to hear about that. We can't handle the truth. But you know what? Understanding and realizing that we are imperfect moves us to the foot of a cross where we see that we are forgiven. The God who created us out of his love is the same God who redeemed us out of that love. And the truth is, God is just, and he does say, you need to live a perfect life. But he comes to do it for us. He takes on our humanity without surrendering his divinity. And he does everything needful for our salvation. He lives a perfect life and he hands that to us as righteousness. And his righteousness becomes ours. And you know, God is just and he doesn't just turn a blind eye to the guilt of sin. It has to be paid for and Jesus does that as well. He has crucified every sin and iniquity that we have 
ever exhibited. He pays the penalty. He suffers hell on the cross so we don't have to. Here's the truth you memorized probably as a three or four year old. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Eternal life. That's a truth. Life is eternal. This world is not all there is to life. This is the temporal world. God created life to be eternal. There are those who don't want to believe in the triune God. So how do you approach death if you have no God? Well, some people say you just cease to be. You die, your body deteriorates, there is no spirit anymore, and your consciousness is gone. Some people say it doesn't really matter what you believe, all roads lead to heaven. Some people will say, I don't know if there is a God, but if there is a God, he's probably a very loving and charitable God. And so no matter what, we'll get to some really nice place somewhere, like Boca Raton or something. Some just ignore it. Oprah Winfrey's spiritual guide and guru was asked a question. Actually, Oprah asked him, um, what happens after death? And he said, this is wonderful. He said, nobody really knows, so I don't even think about it. He can't handle the truth. And the truth is that life is eternal. But the truth is also, there's only one way to heaven. Jesus talking to his disciples in John 14 said, I am the way and the truth and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. Except through me. I don't know how much clearer or how much more simply Jesus could have said this. It's extremely straightforward. The only way for someone to get to heaven is to believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose for them and for all humanity. So when you look at this, you either have to say Jesus is lying or he's telling the truth. And whichever way you lean, it's a matter of life and death, eternal life, eternal death. And maybe for some people it just sounds too good to be true. All you got to do is believe in this Jesus who did everything for you and you get to go to heaven. It's too good to be true. Well, the truth is it is good and it is true. Maybe for some people it sounds too exclusive. Oh, you Christians. But it's not. It's offered to everybody. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. Maybe some people consider Christianity too intolerant. It's really not about tolerance. It's about truth. The truth is not always easy, but the truth is always necessary. Believing the truth that a red traffic signal means stop will save lives. Believing the truth that Jesus is the only way to heaven saves life eternally. Go back today and, and read again Second John. Just read this very short epistle and you'll find the word truth, but with it you'll always... Seem to find the word love. Just keep sneaking in there. Truth 
and love. Paul even used it, right? Speak the truth in love, he said. So when Christians speak the truth, Christians do it out of love. As Christians, we believe and proclaim the truth not because we're intolerant of others. No, it's just because we love them and we want them to share in what only the true God can provide. And that, my friends, is the truth. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you want to learn more about First Emmanuel Lutheran Church, visit filministries.org. We'll see you next week, and God bless.